From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Sean Adams from IRM. Sean, it's really nice to have you on. Brad, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So tell me a bit about yourself and about your company and what you guys are up to. Yeah. So I've been in the SaaS sales world, better part of about seven, eight years now. I came from the small business world initially, I sold a company and moved into doing some more tech sales, caught the bug, saw all this amazing technology out there and uh, spent the last four or five years in uh, individual contributor roles running as an account executive at a couple of different SaaS. Fast forward to the past about year and a half now, I've been at IORAD actually heading up our sales team and our partnerships as well. So we're a small, nimble team trying to uh, take over our little corner of the market. And I'm heading up those strategies, both as a contributor, as well as kind of managing small sales org as well. I love it. And what does sales look like in your space? What are your, what's your strategy and what's all that look like? So just for some very high level context, IORAD is an interactive tutorial building tool. So if you ever had to explain a how-to process and a piece of technology, you wanted to share that asynchronously with someone else, right? So how to change a setting all the way through to any kind of complex kind of linear type tasks. We have a browser extension, allows you to capture your screen and build an interactive simulation. Think of it like a GPS for your screen, guiding you through how to do whatever that task happens to be. So because of that, we're very PLG, product-led growth focused, meaning someone finds one of our tutorials or it's shared with someone, they sign up for a free account, and then they go through the process of basically being able to use the tool for free, ultimately with additional value being available if they were to pay for different tiers of subscription. So our job is to help them understand that value and ultimately self-serve their way through to a paid plan. So we're very PLG focused. With that, we take a huge focus on content. So quality to tutorials and integration. So we want to be where our users already are. So we focus a lot of our time on who we can integrate with, which communities we can help partner with to add useful content, which ultimately feeds our funnel and allows people to download our tool. Very cool. I think when we think of content, there's a million different things you can do with content from blog posts to product tutorials to podcasts like this. Is there any particular area of content that you're finding work well, works well for sales or any particular focus there or just a bit of a lot of different things? So we have a couple main pillars, I would say. So the first one would be in the weeds, specific tutorials, right? So our tool actually builds these pieces of content. So we post them out there publicly. We actually have something called the square, where if you were to Google how to do X, Y, or Z in say HubSpot or Salesforce or insert the blank piece of technology, we have free tutorials that are out there that some we've made internally, others that are sourced through our community. So people find this content and then they basically are driven through that funnel that way, which is a unique thing to our product, but it's very helpful because we're answering a question and adding value immediately. The second someone is experiencing our tool, they're like, oh, this actually solved my exact question. And that usually leads to further investigation from their behalf. So that's on the product side. On the higher level side, when I talk about sales concepts, partnerships we're working, some of those larger workflows. It's really around, I would say, industry expertise, subject matter expertise. So I'll put a lot of sales content out there. I make short form videos for LinkedIn, TikTok, those sort of things. 
And basically I'm sharing best practices in it from a sales perspective, how to get creative, how to use LinkedIn and build a network, how that can help you really add value for your buyers, where you can meet them where they are. And I'm sharing a lot of that kind of useful content because our partners end up being sales orgs who resell our tool. And so by positioning this helpful sales content, it also piques their interest to learning more about me and our product and how our company might be able to sync up with their company. So we have the high level sales side, and then we have the kind of in the weeds product side. So for us personally, that's how we tackle the content perspective. I love it. Now, I'm looking at your LinkedIn right now. You have almost 12,000 followers. You have all sorts of content. You're posting looks like every day or every couple of days. So awesome stuff going on. How does that end up turning into pipeline? Do you create a lot of content and then they just hit your website and sign up self-service or is it paired with some form of an outbound motion somehow like proactively engage people, but also create the content, but outbound gets them over the fence to sign up. What does that journey look like? Yeah. So it's certainly a bit of a hybrid approach as I'm sure any kind of content marketing tends to be a difficult thing to measure. So often might get attributed to something like a Google search or some other form that they filled out, but turns out they found us through a relationship on a thread that they saw, or someone recommended it when they got coffee with a friend or in a Slack group. And so that dark social component does play a factor because our tool is so consumable and easy to get started with. So some of that stuff, honestly, we have a hard time tracking down and we're working on optimizing to, to capture some of where this intent is coming from. But from a LinkedIn perspective or our outbound versus inbound, um, we really focus on that. Like I said, the content first, let them experience the tutorials and then work into our top line flow for our direct sales. Our partnership efforts though, that's more of almost enterprise sales, very small quantity, much higher quality. So there I'm putting content out there that's peaking interest and starting conversations that I've heard from our mutual customers, if I'm targeting a partner, and then I'm slightly reaching out say with a LinkedIn connection with maybe some cold emails. If I have a mutual customer of a partner, I say, Hey, I'm dealing with ABC company here. They're mentioning they use your system and our system. They're actually asking us about connections or because this is a shared interest thought maybe there would be a conversation worth having here. So everything I'm doing is just trying to establish common ground, show that we're relevant. We're not just another person in their inbox. Um, so the LinkedIn content gives us credibility. It makes me look like a thought leader in this space. It also shows that we're proactive about our approach. And ultimately, it really just helps from that credibility standpoint for them reaching out and going, okay, I'll accept this connection, at least take a conversation. And then if we can couple that with real customer feedback or mutual prospect intent, that's when it gets really powerful. I love that. Yeah, I think it's so powerful to have content but also be out nurturing those relationships. They feed one another. If you just have the content, you might not expand your funnel of people that are seeing it. But if you just, I think we all get that outreach. So who is this person? They have no authority, credibility. You don't know who they are. So to pair those together is really powerful. Very cool stuff. So what are some challenges you're seeing when it comes to sales today? You're in this space, you have, you know, buyers in this space and all this. What are some of those things that are challenging right now? Yeah, I would say the first one, I think that just the obvious current state of affairs, especially in the tech world, is the belt tightening that's going on. Everyone is forced to do more with less. Every management team is saying, hey, 
you got to figure out how to get creative here. We don't have the ad spend we did two quarters ago. We can't go to every conference like we did last year or whatever the constraint happens to be typically financially from an overhead perspective, whatever that looks like, headcount. And what we're seeing is how can we still be relevant with those constraints in place? And so I think what is personally for me is the scrappiness that happens in these downturns, right? Because there are a bunch of things that are happening where people don't just have unlimited budgets, that they can't just go buy their way into a meeting, that they can't just go knock down the door that they normally would with a steamroller. They have to be really creative because they don't have this huge library that they usually have. And so because of that, we're seeing folks that are starting podcasts, that are getting really creative with personal brands, that are doing those sort of things. So that's one of the initial pains that I'm seeing start to become actually an advantage to quality sellers, quality kind of rev ops organizations. And the second one is be relevant and thoughtful on the long term. So they might, if it's a brand that thinks through a 10 plus year lens, which that's usually who I like to focus on, are folks that are going, okay, look, maybe the next couple of years is going to be a little slower, like just inherently rev, the revenue might be down a bit. But that doesn't mean that's going to be like that forever. So sometimes they might be just moving their bets a little further from a time horizon perspective, and they're not trying to shortchange their customer in the meantime. So I'm seeing folks who are going, okay, we could close this deal in 90 days, but it might take us a year now. And that's because of all the red tape and the hoops that their orcs are having to deal with, their buyers are having to deal with. So how can we be helpful now through things like content? Can we help support them in some way? Could we maybe help them? Like maybe they have a couple of lines of business with us. Maybe we can consolidate a few of them so that they stay, they don't churn, but we're still having a foot in that organization and we can support them during this really tough time. And we're not cutting that relationship away. And so the people who are thinking through that longer lens, that's the ones that I'm seeing, again, taking what would otherwise be a very overwhelming and like negative experience going, look, this is the lay of the land, right? I can curl up in a ball and do nothing, or I could get really creative here and go, okay, with said constraints, how can I still support my customers first and then make sure my business is you know, staying afloat in the meantime? Yeah, I like that. So would it be accurate to say now, instead of having an army of people kicking down doors and getting in there and just spending money like it's water, a better approach might be a bit more of a concentrated effort on creating content, providing value, nurturing those relationships through the content and all this versus just going full steam ahead, knocking on everyone's door possible. Absolutely. Yeah. So I've had this frustration. I think you and I talked off air about this before of just the head and the uh, the head counts at all costs, right? Let's just hire because we're always going to need people. And while I understand that you're always grooming and building the bench of uh, talent pools, by doing that and not focusing customer first, you get into these situations where people have received unbelievable amounts of money and funding, and then they actually haven't been able to materialize that into consistent and sustainable revenue. And so you're seeing things like pullbacks and clawbacks and all these awful things that happen. And so now, yeah, I would say you're absolutely right. We're seeing people with that lens of creativity. I think that is just paramount to what is going to be the new normal, I hope, which is let me have insightful conversations and curious conversations with my customers, right? We try to drive all of our activity that we do from our customers' insights. We're having conversations as often as we can from our paid and our free customers and saying, hey, 
what, why are you using the app? How are you using this? What are you trying to connect it to? And we look at some of the meetings that are coming in inbound and we're going, okay, if the world is on fire and everything is terrible, but you're, we're still booking meetings inbound, meaning we don't even know who these people are. They're finding us. That is just such a wealth of knowledge for our organization to go. What initiatives are withstanding all of the turbulence out there? And you're going to hear things like asynchronous learning and our teams as smaller now still need access to information without having to ping a manager, without having to go through bugs of onboarding materials. They want just-in-time learning. They want to be able to solve their own problems while they're on a screen. They want to limit friction in those ways. So that's some of the things that we're seeing. I think that's hopefully which becomes the norm when we leave this sort of trench that we're in now. Absolutely. So where do you draw lines in terms of content between marketing, sales, who does what? What's your approach to this? Is it to partner up with the marketing team? Have you found an external agency? Do you just, everyone's scrappy and you do it yourself? Like, how does that all work? By no means do I have a great answer and solution for this because it's always a work in progress. My personal feelings are one, outsource agencies for either sales or marketing, to me, makes very little logical sense for an organization. I think your paramount job is to serve your customers first. And if you're having those conversations with customers and you're scratching the itch and you have product market fit, you have to, as an organization, figure out how you then find more people that look like the ones that are happy and using your tool. If you can't do that fundamentally, you need to outsource that piece. That's not a very scalable business, right? It's like outsourcing the core piece of your business, in my opinion, at least. And it doesn't have to be this like hyper-focused, your salesperson who has this perfect resume. It's more about just people who solved a problem with their tool and how you can make more of them. So that would be that first piece. Secondly, I think there's far too much of a like a solid line between sales and marketing. I think it should be more of like a hyphenated line, which is it's a combination, right? Just like sales should be working intimately with customer success. And that doesn't always happen very much. I think it should be the same thing cross-departmentally between marketing and sales. For whatever reason, it just seems like marketing handles the first couple funnel phases and then sales takes the middle phases and customer success takes the handoff after it leaves sales, right? And yes, that is like a natural progression. It should be a team effort throughout those where customer success helps inform sales, helps inform marketing. And we're repurposing this customer information and insight into these different departments. And there are people that own maybe the motions like copywriting, ads, content that they're putting out there. But it's pulled a common thread through all of those departments. And so that's part of, we're a teeny tiny team. So that we are all doing each piece of this. Uh, but that's how we think about it is using that customer insight to make it cross-departmental in our focus. Then other people take components of that and own a piece of that strategy, if you will. Absolutely. And finally, as we think about content, what type of content is most effective? I think you, you said you're doing a lot of LinkedIn stuff, video, interviewing people, podcasts, all that. If I were maybe a, another salesperson or a marketer out there and you're maybe just thinking about all this and looking to get started, where would you prioritize it? Where might you start first and get in place as the basics? I would say if we look at a funnel of people that are coming to us or a sales pipeline, if you will, top of funnel or kind of inbound whole opportunities that don't know us and we don't know them. I personally have seen success with very linear tactical solutions to problems. So the way I think about this, what are my buyers Googling every day? 
What are they asking for Slack groups, groups and communities? How do I do this? How are you guys solving for X, Y, or Z? When you figure out what your product solves for those things and you start to think about the sort of ancillary additional questions that prospects would be asking or that your ideal buyer is trying to solve for. And I don't just mean this, the markety terminology. Physically, what would they be typing in and trying to learn more about? Focusing on building top of funnel content for that. So for us, it's HubSpot is one of the communities that we work in a lot. So there's a ton of questions. How do I build XYZ workflow in this, right? So we'll build a tutorial and put that on Google, put that on all these different places. And someone finds an answer to the question. Top of funnel, I don't know who I or it is. I'm not searching for a tutorial tool. I'm searching for an answer to a question. So when I experience the answer to that question, top of funnel, now I move into the middle of the funnel where I'm actually like, this thing is cool. That solved my initial question. Let me ask some future questions middle of funnel, like when we're demoing with someone or they're exploring or budgeting with us, they're trying to rough things out. That's when we're focusing on examples and use cases. So we're sharing what other successful customers have done and saying, Hey, here's a few tutorials that we've built. Here's a few videos of how XYZ organization has used our tool to do this and giving them context through that content in the middle of funnel. So more in-depth uses in that way. And then if we move to the very bottom of the funnel, that's when we're talking about like hands-on proof of concept where we're turning the keys over to this prospective buyer and saying, so you saw that we initially solved your problem because you found us that way. We've showed you how other people have been successful. Now let's literally take this hand in hand and try to articulate and build a proof of concept to solve your specific unique problem, a challenge, whatever that looks like. So it's that building block of solve initial problem, give more context. Okay. Now let's let you play around and experience. And that's what we find to be really successful from like a content trip perspective. Okay. Nice. And what are the distribution channels of this? Is it just posted on LinkedIn or are you like, especially as it gets like down the funnel further, like literally sending people links to videos via an email thread or something. What does that distribution look like? Yeah, so it's a little bit of both. So top of the funnel, as I mentioned, we have a community, the square, where people are, it's actually coming from Google traffic, right? Like blog posts and things like that, where people are coming to us. So that would be piece one. The second one would be LinkedIn. So my, me and my small team are sharing those tutorials or sharing best practice type videos to captivate demand and have those questions being asked. And then that's primarily two main use cases of where we're distributing when it's external, when they're not in our pipeline, when they come into our pipeline, that's when we're sharing them like in an email thread, as you mentioned. So someone signs up and has a question about something. Hey, look, I put together this knowledge base, this resource center on customer success and these sort of things. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Well, it's been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much, Sean. Content is so important when it comes to sales and marketing and really appreciate you sharing all your insights on this. Yeah. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me.